You're listening to Happy Healthy Hormones with Dr. Chris. Are you tired of the short-term patch to your health problems? Is avoiding medications and surgeries important to you? If you answered yes, then your prayers have been answered. Dr. Chris has been helping people transform their health for over a decade. He's a world-renowned health expert who specializes in holistic health. He's a professional speaker, chiropractor, and international best-selling author. It's his mission to help you reach your full God-given potential through holistic health and healing. Get ready to be inspired and transformed. Here's your host, Dr. Chris. Hello and welcome everyone to the show where disease takes a dive and people come to thrive. Dr. Chris coming at you here today and I know it's been a little while since we've been back with some fresh material. Just had to take a little break, recharge, you know, to kind of step back, give myself some more creative juices flowing so that I can deliver some really great, impactful, valuable content for you all out there that are listening and I appreciate you guys. I appreciate all support and all the growth that we've seen through you guys listening and plugging in here and We want to just continue to deliver on the goods for you and help you understand what real health is and what to look out for and not to be tricked by all the lies that are out there when it comes to what real health is and to get out of the medical system that the majority of Americans go through in our culture to where we are sicker than ever. And if you keep following the path that everyone else in this country is following, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to continue to get sick. You're going to continue to be uh, disappointed and heartache and sickness and low energy and weight gain and chronic disease and all the things that go along with this stuff. It can be exhausting. It's exhausting just thinking about it sometimes. And so I don't want you to be paralyzed by fear because the biggest thing that people do is nothing. (laughs) You know, procrastination is the greatest thief of our health. And if we just sit there in a, a, a catatonic state, we're not being active on our own health. We're not trying to change the habits we have. We're not going to continue to expect the same results that 90% of the other people in our lives are experiencing. So what is it that you're going to do differently today that's going to help you become a better person tomorrow? Whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever, whatever area of your life you want to improve and we've got to put in the work. We've got to make these changes. We've got to create new habits. And so today, I want to help you create new habits that will help build your immune system because when we have a strong immune system, a titanium immune system, life is good. Our bodies work better. Our body functions at its best. And we're just not taken out during this time of year because this time of year, uh, people are being bombarded by commercials and advertisements for flu vaccines and over-the-counter medications for the sniffles and the coughs and the colds and the flus and all these things that can be a natural healthy part of our life and actually build long-lasting immunity and we're just taught to hey squash this take a shot take a drug but it just gets us in that dogmatic cycle of just doing the same thing over and over again here's a magic pill here's this here's that here's just a quick fix when there are no quick fixes it's the temporary patches and so that gets really dangerous not a good place to live not a good place to come from when it comes to making health decisions because eventually you're going to have to make a health decision out of an even more extreme place out of fear which is in that doctor's room in that visit in that er where you're fearful of what the next step holds for you and you end up making some really bad choices and you get dogged into thinking and, and taking action to all the things that have been programmed into your mind throughout the years that you see on social media and the TV and the radio about 
medications and surgeries being the answer. So while they have their place, definitely not the thing that should be mainstream, definitely shouldn't be the thing you go to first. So I'm going to teach you today how to better understand what needs to be done to help you build that titanium immune system. So when you look at the titanium immune system, there's a few things you got to look at. The first thing you really need to understand is you need to have good sleep, get enough rest, just like it becomes harder for you to get your daily tasks. And if you're tired, if your body is overly fatigued, it'll be harder for it to fight off the flu, the colds, the bugs. And be sure to check out other episodes we have as well, because we talk about sleeping specifically and how you can help that. But I want to give you some of the key things today too, because how well you sleep can seriously alter the balance of your hormones in your body. And this can disrupt your sleep and your wake cycles, also known as your circadian rhythm. So this is key because a disrupted circadian rhythm can influence cancer progression through shifts in hormones like melatonin, which the brain makes during sleep. And according to Brain Behavior Immunology, which is a, a journal, a peer-reviewed journal in October 2003, having a regular circadian rhythm may be necessary in order to, uh, for your body to defend against cancer, and your sleep and wake rhythms that are disrupted due to stress and other issues can promote cancer growth. So melatonin, you know, this is an antioxidant that our body produces to help suppress harmful free radicals in the body, and it also slows down the production of estrogen, and it can that estrogen production and, and alternate of that is what can activate cancer. So when your circadian rhythm is disrupted, your body can produce or will produce less melatonin, and therefore you're going to have less ability to fight cancer. So exposure to light at night can reduce melatonin, which is why it's so important that we sleep in a darkness, in a dark environment. Uh, but another link between cancer and the disrupted circadian rhythm lies within a hormone called cortisol. So this is the stress hormone, which normally this reaches peaks at, at around dawn and then declines through the day. But cortisol is one of the many hormones that can help regulate the immune system activity. So this also includes the activity of a group of immune cells called natural killer cells that help the body battle cancer. So think when your cortisol levels are high, your immune system is going to be low. They just inversely react to each other. So let me give you some key things. Number one, obviously rest and recovery. Make sure you're getting those um, eight hours of night because research shows that you have much higher immune system when you get those eight hours in. Make sure that you're getting that cave-like darkness in there and creating an environment that's going to allow you to get the restful sleep that you need. But again, check out more episodes on our podcast if you want more info on those things and how to sleep and some of my helpful tips there as well. When we look at it, most people look towards immunizations to get their immune system. When the greatest healing power and the greatest immune system is already inside of us. Right? God didn't create us with a deficient immune system. And so we got to make sure we're reacting to that, make sure that we're supporting that immune system. But there's a lot of experts out there that disagree that vaccines help, or did, they did help wipe out most childhood diseases. And why they say, why they have such a disagreement with this is because of the fact that things like diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, measles, uh, rubella, and even polio were already declining greatly before the availability of vaccines. But one of the largest historical decrease in deaths caused by infectious diseases was not from the modern antibiotic or the vaccine area, but from the introduction of actually clean water and effective sewer systems. So when people are getting bombarded by dirty water and sewer systems, basically drinking poopy water, right, and getting exposed to all the, the grime and filth that's from 
raw sewage in the streets and in our environment, it creates a huge factor that can really damage our immune system. And so when this happened, I mean, this changed everything, but immune systems are developed over time, not created in an instance. And that's what we really got to understand and look at. So there's all kind of graphs and maps you can look at about uh, how these diseases were already regressing before the introduction of vaccines. But the fact is you don't want to put bad stuff into your body in, in hopes that it's going to create health. Because when you look at what's in a vaccine, most people don't really know. There's things like um, ammonium sulfate, which if you know anything about that, that is something that is huge poison in your body. So we don't want to ever even get close to dealing with that in our lives. When we look at the vaccines too, we also look at things called um, beta uh, propiolactin, which is known to cause cancer. There's genetically modified yeast, animal bacteria, and viral DNA. There's latex rubber. There's MSG. That's right. That's the, the food additive that they put in a lot of what's associated with Asian foods. But the fact is, you know, this stuff is just a, a neurotoxin and creates allergic reactions. Aluminum, which is a neurotoxin, basically destroys your brain. Formaldehyde is in a lot of these vaccines too, which these are a major poison known to cause cancer as well, lymphatic cancers, uh, but just not something you want to be putting in your body and injecting. Um, different strains of different microorganisms live and kill bacteria and back and bacteria and viruses. There's also polysorbate 80, which also known to cause cancer. Uh, we look at things like mercury that now they, they've renamed it thimerosal, but it's still mercury and get another toxin brain killer right there. That's going to go to your brain. It's going to create the dementia, Alzheimer's, even human and animal cells. So these are actually even will have fetal cells as well in these things. And so uh, not just fetal cells, but aborted fetus cells. And so, you know, what are you really putting into your body? What are you willing to put into your body just so that you can have a false sense of security, right? Because the fact is the flu vaccine, just for children, for instance, the most commonly given to children is flu zone or trivalent uh, vaccine, which is like a three strain. And it's grown in chicken eggs harvested with formaldehyde. Each dose contains 25 micrograms of mercury, which they started giving this to kids at six months of age. But the CDC has never tested these things on kids, but they their, their claim is that, hey, this is too dangerous not to give these kids these vaccines, so it wouldn't be ethical. But it's ethical to give these kids all these vaccines and never even been tested. In fact, 263 children, and this is a study from the Mayo Clinic, uh, 263 children ages six months, 18 years, who got the flu vaccine, had a three times greater risk of hospitalization for the flu. So it doesn't even make sense, but we're just bombarded by this. And, you know, if you tell a lie often enough and and consistently enough, people will start to believe it. But here's the long-term consequences of flu shots. It damages your immune system. So researchers have discovered that repeated vaccinations at a young age substantially increases the risk of influenza at older ages. So this problem is due to an overall weakening of the immune system. However, getting the infection naturally actually strengthens the immune system and decreases the risk of being reinfected later on in life. So did your mom ever talk to you about delayed gratification in life? Hey, make sure you get through the school, get get through college, you know, this 
might suck right now, but eventually it'll pay off for it. Well, you probably found out that she was right. Like when you went through the motions and you did what you needed to do, although it wasn't always the easiest thing or the practices you went through, eventually it paid off for you. Same thing with your immune system. You can't skip these things. You can't just take shortcuts. But there's a huge difference between natural versus acquired or artificial immunity. And so our immune systems must mature over the years to deal with specific diseases, just as the brain develops with appropriate stimulation, right? The immune system will also, it requires that appropriate stimulation in order to develop properly. Now, these aren't things that I just make it up out of the blue. These are things from PhDs. And the fact that was a direct quote from a Swedish researcher, Scott Montgomery, he was a world around expert when it comes to the immune system. But here's the thing, the majority of illnesses characterized by you know fever, fatigue, cough, achy muscles, those sort of things, aren't even caused by the flu. And so there's a lot of non-influenza viruses, rhinoviruses, et cetera, that can cause symptoms referred to as, you know, that look like the flu, but it's really not. And if we just let ourselves wear it out or wait it out, uh, our bodies do just fine. But here's the thing, doctors will just give whatever, in fact, a lot of doctors, even if they're not even sure whether it's a flu or a bacteria, or whatever, they'll just give antibiotic therapy and it's not even an effective treatment. In fact, one of the biggest things when it comes to viruses is with ear infections. And so the most common thing for ear infections is for the doctor to just go ahead and prescribe an antibiotic, but it's not even an effective treatment against ear infections. And there's a reoccurring rate of ear infections if you use antibiotic that's significantly higher in children that have been treated by antibiotics, in fact, seven to 10 times more likelihood that they're gonna get that again. And the Center for Disease Control actually printed this, publicated or published this document that said 90% of the time, the antibiotics are useless in an infection. So what are you doing to your kids? And then what are the long-term effects of that as well? Well, we know now that long-term antibiotic use weakens the digestive system. It starts to create cancer in your body's long-term. But what are you willing to do? That's the thing you got to ask yourself. So antibiotics and bacteria, what's the good? What's the bad? What's the ugly? Well, the largest component of your immune system is regulated by your gut, your GI tract. So if there's one thing you really want to take care of, it's your GI system, your gastrointestinal system, your gut, your stomach, everything goes along with that. But antibiotics absolutely destroy all the good bacterial flora in the gut necessary for a healthy digestion system and normal immune function. So once you've destroyed that, it's really tough to get it back and it takes time to get it back. And so people that use those antibiotics will set themselves up significantly higher rates of getting reoccurring infections, colds, flus, and just having a, a poor outcome with the rest of the quote unquote flu season, right? Because there is no quote unquote flu season. There's just what they market to us, right? We are getting exposed to things all the time. There's certain times of year people might be more stressed. So those cortisol levels are higher, which means your immune system is down. But the fact is there's not really a flu season. Now, does the flu shot actually protect? That's what I have patients come in. They ask me, Dr. Chris, what do you think about the flu shot? Should I get that? And when I ask the patient, well, what does your instincts tell you? And 99% of the time, the person's instincts are, no, I shouldn't get the flu shot. But why is that? Well, first off, how, let's hit on the fact that there is no evidence that injecting children 16 to 23 months of age with the flu vaccines is any more effective than a placebo. In fact, universal immunization of healthy adults uh, was not even supported by that uh, review as well. But each year, a new vaccine is developed 
that contains three different viruses, one influenza B, two influenza A strains, and it's all selected based off the prevalent flu during the season before in another part of the country, in China and Australia. So that doesn't make too much sense, right? But where do they want to go? They want to target the elderly and the children, right? The two underserved, most underserved populations and the most silent populations in our culture. But the flu vaccine is generally recommended for persons age 65 and older and those with certain medical conditions. But there is no data at all reporting that there's fewer deaths from the flu among those people 65 and older that get flu shots. So again, why are we doing this? Why are we subjecting people to, to these unnecessary flu shots? Well, now here's the thing, a huge link between Alzheimer's. Right now, people are getting diagnosed with Alzheimer's at younger and younger rates. We're getting diagnosis of dementia in people's 40s now. But there was a huge study that was done several years ago and this is coming from a guy who's done 850 peer-reviewed journals. He found that if an individual had five or more consecutive flu shots, that their chances of getting Alzheimer's was 10 times higher than if they had one, two, or just no flu shot at all. One of the biggest reasons linking to that was the mercury and the aluminum in every flu shot. So let's really take a minute to look at that. Remember, question what you're putting into your body. Just don't do it because everyone else is doing it. Just because you see it on TV doesn't make it the right thing to do. Now, get this. There's a former chief vaccine control officer of the FDA. Uh, his name is Anthony Morris. And what he quoted was, and they said this himself. This is a direct quote from him. This is the guy that controls these things. That's looked at the data, said that there was, quote, no evidence that any flu vaccine thus far developed is effective in preventing or mitigating any attack of influenza, period. The producers of these vaccines know that they are worthless, but they go on selling them anyways, end quote. This is coming right from the source's mouth. But this FDA and these other people continue to turn a blind eye. Next guy comes in, gets paid off. And again, what do we have? We continue to have vaccines and flu shots and all the things that go along with that. But here's the thing. The flu can actually be a good thing. In fact, it is a good thing that we get the flu once in a while because here's the fact. The Journal of Cancer Research and Clinical Oncology found in a huge research study that the scientists discovered that those with a history of colds and flus had less breast cancer less colon cancer, cancer, less rectal, stomach, and ovarian cancers. In another study, subjects who reported a history of colds and flus and other infectious diseases had a 30% reduction in the risk of brain tumors. And natural healthcare providers have traditionally warned against suppressing the symptoms of colds and flus, stressing that's how your body heals, detoxifies, and cleanses, which are protective mechanisms against cancer. So when you start to get the cold or flu and you reach out for that over-the-counter or even maybe it's a natural ingredient to help suppress the symptoms from the colds and flus, you're actually stopping or inhibiting your body's natural ability to strengthen your immune system, to allow your body to detox and cleanse and rid your body of cancerous cells and weak cells. So don't be so fast to just negate and, and just try to 
squash these symptoms. These things are trying to help us. Remember, your body is never trying to hurt you. It's only trying to heal you and repair you. That happens no other way. So let your body express your symptoms without drugs or any alternative treatments. I know sometimes it's tough, and hey, I get it. If you've got a big talk you got to do the next day, or you've got a big presentation you got to do, and you can't even look straight, and you can't even talk because you're coughing so much, okay, then maybe for that short period of time, do the natural you know, the alternative treatment to that, to, to do some natural things to maybe help with the cough or get you through that time, but then let it go. And if it's not something crucial that you have to be at, and when we really weigh out our priorities, it's usually not a crucial thing that we have to, you know, squash these symptoms, let it happen. Because just to give you one example, at 102 degrees, bacteria is killed in our body. At 103 degrees, viruses are killed. And at 103 degrees, your body starts to make interferon, which helps you fight viruses. Honor your symptoms. The symptoms are the cure. Your body is doing what it needs to do to help you, not to hurt you. I can't stress that enough. Now, here's some more things on fevers, because it's really important to understand this, because parents a lot of times get scared, and their kid gets a fever, little Timmy gets a fever, the first thing we want to do is lower that fever, right? Well, we just talked about how fever is a good thing. In fact, the fevers actually fight off viruses and bacteria. So if a fever is over 104, diseases are shortened by letting the fever run its course. Sniffles, sneezes, the fever, those are good things for you. They clear the airways of harmful irritants and even allergy-causing substances. And coughing, for instance, it rids your body of bacteria and viruses by way of the lungs. If you take a fever-reducing drug or a cough suppressant, this can actually add to the pneumonia or more serious respiratory infections. So see, this makes sense. God didn't create us in a way to just not work when something bad happened. No, like we were created to do some really good things in our life, and our bodies were created in perfection and to work well. We just got to give more trust and more faith. But what we've done over the years in our culture, we've just let media and marketing and everything else make us question the healing power we have inside of our bodies and what it's led towards over the last 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years is a culture that is sicker than ever that is now commonplace to have a chronic disease, which has never been seen at any other point in our lives. So why is it that you want to suppress the, or why is it that you don't want to suppress the coughs and the other symptoms? Well, typically because the alternative is people are taking over the counters over-the-counter flu, uh, cold and flu remedies. So one of the big things in these is what's called phenylpropylalanine, which causes, drumroll, strokes. That's right. One of the most common ingredients causes strokes. Now, there's a lot of different medications out there that have this ingredient in it. So these are things like Alka-Seltzer Plus, um, Dimetap, cold and flu. I mean, I remember my mom used to pour this stuff down me as a kid anytime I had a sniffle. I mean, she didn't know any better, but... Man, that stuff is like, it's killing you. Um, the Robitussin, uh, the Dexatrim, there's all kinds of different names, and they just relabel them, but all these things have these chemicals that are just actually going to suppress your immune system and create some really harmful, serious side effects, including death. So there was this doctor, her name is Dr. Um, Tamara, uh, I'm going to butcher her last name, I want to say it's Cutinin. 
Uh, she's the director of medical education at the Department of Emergency Medicine at Lexon or at Lenox Hill Hospital in New York City. And what she said was that you know all these over-the-counter medications and things, even the ones they give you in the hospital, that these medicines can do more harm than good. That the ingredients in children's cough and cold medications do not help. They're not effective, especially the decongestions. And part of it is because children's anatomy is different. The risk margin is higher when you're giving these things to children. And according to the American Academy of Pediatrics, over-the-counter cough and cold medications should definitely not be given to infants and children under the two, um, age two years or less because of the risk for all the life-threatening side effects. But the American Academy of Pediatrics also points out that there are several studies that show the cold and flu or the cough products don't work in children younger than six and can also have potentially high effects. So the fact is, you're going to set yourself up when you take these over-the-counter medications, you actually end up staying sicker longer than if you just let your body run through the course. So, and this isn't just come from medications over-the-counter stuff for the colds and flus. This happens for just pain relievers too. When we look at pain relievers like ibuprofen and aspirin. So research from the National Journal of Cancer shows that women taking one ibuprofen daily for five years increase the risk of breast cancer 50%. Women taking one aspirin daily for five years increase their risk of breast cancer by 80%. And antibiotic use was associated with an increased risk of breast cancer. And they also found that the more antibiotics the women use in the study, the higher risk of breast cancer. So you think it's not a big deal one here and there. These have cumulative effects. This is not like, oh, well, I didn't take one every day for five years. No, this is the cumulative effects of those. So if you took a thousand in your lifetime, you're going to drastically increase your risk for the cancer and the other chronic diseases that happen. But cancer's in our body at any given time, right? Everyone has anywhere from 100 to 10,000 cancer cells in our bodies. But when our immune system's strong, we can destroy those things. If the immune system's weak, then it starts to take hold and take over our bodies. So I want to give you some real quick ways to help you start to boost your immune system today. Number one thing we ought to look at is make sure you have good nutrition. Over 70% at least of chronic diseases are reversible just through what you're eating and putting in your body. But what we also got to look at and understand is looking at some proper supplementation. So if you're doing supplements, I mean, some of the simplest things you can do, uh, I really like vitamin D3. I also like when you're feeling you're coming down with something, structured silver. It's different than colloidal silver. It's more potent. It just has a higher level of boost in the immune system for both viral and bacterial. Um, you can take about two uh, teaspoons, uh, one to two times a day. Uh, and that'll really help boost your immune system along with some essential oils, maybe oregano, clove, frankincense. I love the doTERRA um, on guard because it has a nice blend there that has a lot of uh, antiviral, antibacterial properties in there as well. Just really things that will boost your immune system. The vitamin D3, you want to get that up to anywhere from 10,000 to at least 20,000 IUs a day when you're sick and continue to take these things until you, know, you feel those things starting to subside. And then definitely cutting out the sugar because sugar is going to drastically decrease your immune system function almost immediately when you put that into your body. And so, you know, moms and dads want to give their kids the fruit juices and ice cream and these things to make their kids feel better. But really you're just making your kids even sicker and making the, the effects last even longer and longer. So, you know, keeping out the bad fats, making sure you're still 
exercising even when you're sick. So not as intense, but hey, get out there and walk, do some little bit of reps and maybe something soft and light that gets your heart rate up a little bit. It'll actually boost your immune system. And then obviously make sure you're getting adjusted. Chiropractic adjustments are shown to increase your immune system. In fact, there's a huge research study that showed that it boosted your um, CD4 cells, which is a big key indicator of your immune system, 48% increase when you were adjusted. So man, the best flu shot you could get is just by getting adjusted. That should be your flu shot right there. So with that said, you know, start to apply some of these things, really start to think about how you look at your health and just don't follow the path of everyone else. Be a critical thinker, get the sleep, put the right nutrients in your body, start removing the interferences. You will have a stronger immune system and you will thrive in your life and enjoy what God has intended for us. So remember your body needs no help healing, just no interference. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please help more people in reaching their fullest potential and rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. For show notes and other free resources we mentioned today, go to newedgewellness.com.